0: Hey guys, welcome Hello. back to Wandering into Wellness. Uh, today we have the lovely Laura Kyo, uh, scientist at Oxford University, um, conservationist and activist. And uh, we wanted to talk to Laura specifically um, for the work that she's doing at the moment uh, in relation to um, how sustainable is our global food system and, and like where are we, like, What's what's the best avenue that we should be taking with all the news that's out there that you know shouts from every corner, but there's no voices in the middle to give us this balance and this sense and a science-based approach to it. Uh, everything seems to be unfortunately all the science that we're sold is marketing company science. So um, yeah, we just wanted to kind of speak to you to get that balanced voice and to understand a little bit more of like where should we be going, like what what is like what's the, the, the proper direction for for human health in terms of diet and planetary health and how do we how do we balance them I suppose so big questions so to yeah start. real
1: easy <laughs> <laughs> really soft
2: yeah, softballing you
0: know. it I think <laughs> they call it <laughs>
2: no. let's, let's start maybe <laughs> let's just take it back let's start at the beginning and how did you end up in this avenue how did you get to here what made you interested in this
1: yeah um yeah I mean it's interesting because I grew up uh kind of in the suburbs and I never really spent much time in nature. I like I genuinely thought, Ah, nature when I saw like a cow in a field. Like I <laughs> thought that was genuinely The nature. romance. Yeah. yeah. It's like ah the wild. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then um my dad got a sabbatical to go and um work from Australia for nine months. So the whole family went to Australia when I was twelve and lived there for nine months and we went to the Great Barrier Reef and wow. it was like before the major bleaching events right before the first big bleaching. And it was just like, I actually have shivers now just thinking about it. It was glorious. Like, mm. like yeah, the strongest acid trip you can imagine, <laughs> but you're sober and you're just looking at this amazing. Yeah. So after that, I was just like, my mind was completely blown. I was always interested in, um, we had a little dog and I used to always wonder, like, what's it like for her? Like, she's this little ball of consciousness. Like, what is that? So it was kind of like wonder at the world. And then also, what is this? Like, what are we like? Fundamentally, what is this thing? Like what's going on?
0: And were Um, were your family like intellectualizing those questions as well? Or was this, you solo just going off on the fringes? Yeah, Yeah, I
1: wonder, because like, No, my brother's like a businessman. My sister's really into mental health. But yeah, I don't know what it was. But but you started asking those questions. Made me go that direction. Um, And I didn't really think, like growing up in Ireland, I didn't really think about conservation. It just didn't hit me that that could be a job. So when I was looking at like what to study, I ended up doing psychology because there was a load of animal navigation stuff and animal cognition. And I was just really fascinated by all that kind of stuff. And then halfway through that, I um, <laughs> I um, did this weird thing. It was like before the Irish Secession, where everybody was just traveling everywhere, and it was like the high times, <laughs> like, yeah. And so I volunteered in this animal refuge in the Amazon, and I spent three months just with a puma. Wow! <laughs> in the Amazon. Just the one puma. Yeah. Oh wow! And um, because these were like rescue animals. Okay. Um basically from terrible places like the tiger king places like that or from like awful pet scenarios the puma i was with her mother had been poached so she was quite young and so they didn't want to like kill the pumas they couldn't re-release them so they kind of built these big enclosures in this park and then you just go and walk a puma around all day in the amazon And by
0: walking a puma on a lead like yeah 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 wow yeah and was that puma must have been a pretty friendly puma by the end of it all was it
1: um yeah, yeah, yeah. She was lovely. Yeah. yeah I, I mean she bounced on you sometimes. You never go to a <laughs> lower... on you sometimes bounce meaning death, but yeah, okay. <laughs> sometimes she bounced and her two her two balls would like cover your eyes like a weird terrifying kind of a prank. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but she never put her claws out like She's like, Guess
0: what's coming next? You're like, yeah. I don't know. I don't please
1: Yeah. Death if or you... fun. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. The place is called Into Wari Wariyasi, so like I W Y I can't remember the website, but um yeah, it's still open and it's still amazing and ridiculous. Um but never sit like downhill from a Puma. Okay. But anyway. Uh, um, no, that's a great
0: lesson. That's, <laughs> that's a, a yeah.
1: takeaway.
2: That, from... take...
0: <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> Forget to change your diet. This is actually <laughs>
2: the practical, yeah. practical, yeah. practical Laura advice says to survive in the world right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah never <laughs> sit downhill from a fumer that's yeah. brilliant i mean it's kind of obvious
1: like if you have a cat they do like pouncing from above, sort okay, of yeah so
0: you're just giving them all they're like he's just like oh yeah, this is too tempt. much fun don't... yeah don't tempt him yeah <laughs> yeah gotcha
1: well it was one day just sitting like in this rainforest and it just really hit me like ah oh, like this this is what i like i want to protect this place because there there was a load of deforestation happening around the boundaries of the park and you know like deforestation in the amazon mm. it's fairly yeah well known anyway and it just really sorry, hit what? home Topic? Sorry.
0: <laughs> there's trees there's no missing no yeah yes sorry glib <laughs> reverse back a bit yeah exactly yeah that, we need to start with that <laughs> so thing. when well.
1: agriculture began yes <laughs> we needed the land <laughs> um yeah so it was like halfway through psychology degree where i was like ah oh, no yeah this this the world's falling to pieces. I can't be messing around with animal con- consciousness yeah. and cognition. Yeah. They're going extinct. So yeah, so that's what kind of made me then go that direction. Um, and when you
0: say that direction, what was the next thing you did? What was your what was so your step? then
1: um, yeah, so then finished the degree anyway, and then found a conservation masters in Edinburgh. And um, th- but you needed a biology degree and I'd never really studied biology, so I wrote to them and I was like, but I lived with a puma for three months.
0: He literally did that thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we were sold. I mean, like, I've got utmost respect for you I was
1: Like, I know about the rainforest <laughs> and big cat behavior. <laughs> Because it was like conservation and wildlife management um, okay. was the master's. So they were like, yeah, okay. Grand you're in. <laughs> <laughs> Little I did remember, you know it was like, the
0: perfect thing for your resume at the time. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember renting books on biology, just like, so I wouldn't be behind yeah. and being really stunned at like that thing about all these vegetables coming from the basilica plant, <laughs> like broccoli, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kohlrabi, Oh, like, so many from one plant. Yeah. Never near. Anyway. um, (laughs) Amazing. And then, do we still eat that plant, brasilica?
0: I don't know, because it's called the brassica, like, family now. We don't don't actually have, like, a single plant called the brassica anymore. No, I, I don't know which one is closest either, honestly. But I know when you get to, like, if you look at, like, for instance, we have, like, like kale plants behind us and broccoli plants behind us and they both basically look the same yeah at a certain point in their life and at some point one turns into a stalk with tiny things and the other one gets this like little flowery head on top yeah you've seen them because you grew lots as well
2: lots many this year
0: (laughs) and so i guess it kind of seems like it's going to be you know the way everything is like grown for more fruit these days yeah so it's probably used to be lots of tiny little flower things
2: yeah
0: this is a wild guess oh my god i mean who knows Somebody correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm, I like the way that
1: you're talking I'm as like, if you're the earth. No, I, I no, no, no. I'm no you, it has to be, that has to be right yeah, though, no, from the one book I rented. <laughs> and my little from knowledge my of going plants in my garden. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Oh man, hilarious. No, yeah, commercial okay. horticulture is in the background, but like there's no way, we ain't the experts. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so so that was your, the biology became fascinating.
2: Um, well, well that the biology, bit, you, that you bit. sidestepped the biology and yeah. went into conservation. <laughs> yes. And then,
1: yeah. So then did that masters. And the, but then the recession was really hitting, like there was zero jobs. I think out of that conservation class, only maybe three people got jobs and they were the ones willing to move anywhere and do anything.
2: Mm. And
1: I was really lucky because I got this job studying chimpanzees in the Republic of Guinea. Um, yeah. And so then moved out there and, um, Lived in this in this little village in Guinea. Guinea is like then anyway. I don't know what it is now. It was the sixth poorest country in the world, and so um, I was out, uh, kind of in a village, you know, with mud huts, um, no electricity, no toilets. Going out every day, studying chimps. And these chimps, like, they were not in a protected area. They were not. They were just sometimes they'd be quite close to the village um so it was really they'd never been studied before in this whole region wow yeah and and we didn't want to habituate them because maybe hunters would come in and so maybe, we didn't yeah. want to like get them killed so we were putting up camera traps and kind of trying to avoid them avoid. The oh, the yeah are like up. no we're just voyeurs like they are like, directly at us um yeah and so uh and the, and then yeah we um we were out one day and, um, the kind of the chief of the village was one of the main guides. Like, it's so stupid. Like I'm this stupid kid with a masters and I'm somehow leading this group of people (laughs) that like know the area, know the animals, know everything. And it's just such a terrible, like white colonial weird thing. That's
0: where academia gets you, I guess, isn't it? yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, but uh, so you're this are like, yo ho, into the jungle. You're like, not that way. There's a thorn there. And that
0: yeah. like, oh, sorry.
1: You should have seen, like, my clothes were, like, completely ripped up, like, because it was oh. all these thorns. Oh. And, like, I was just using duct tape. And all the guys somehow were, like, magically, like, moving through. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Just the innate knowledge of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And another woman in the group, she uh, was from the UK, Lucy Deverne, and she'd studied chimps. She'd done a lot of filming of chimps. So she was also quite graceful. <laughs> I was like, always Destroyed. at the back always like, <laughs> like trying not to, to fall over <laughs> yeah Funny. and terrible at spotting stuff like i i go blind with excitement Did okay. you ever get that like when your eyes move so far so f- my eyes would keep me mo- like someone would see something and i just get too worked up and not i'd be like a terrible safari guys okay. or anyway but this one day um this chief of the village and this like absolute master guide who could find chimps like kilometres away. He was just like amazing. He noticed these little markings on a tree and he was like, Oh, I think this might be chimps. And I was like, What? And he eventually like had to like <laughs> like, Oh Really? Okay. And some of the other guys in the group, like from the village, were like, nah, it's probably wild pigs or it's probably kids or whatever. They were just like scrapings off the bark of the tree um but me and lucy anyway were like well this guy's a genius so let's put up a camera and see and um we came back to collect the camera and uh we found like this ridiculous clip of this chimp ambling up you could tell it was a male chimp because you could see like huge balls they have massive balls um and he ambles up to the tree and he grabs this big stone and he does a pantoot he goes like and then he like flings the stone at the tree and we were just like what, what? the dog is trying so to Yeah, speak he's pretty to much, him.
0: much he's like i he's know like, what's going on i know what he was doing hang on yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah and um it like it had never been recorded before they'd never heard about this before everybody was kind of like ah what is this <laughs> and then we started seeing it because once you know what to look for we start seeing the signs everywhere we start seeing all these rocks with pieces of bark we start like and so that was this really funny like discovery thanks to this guy of this completely new chimp behavior Wow! And, and,
0: but, but he didn't know about that behavior either like no, they've never seen it even yeah, it have any no, years.
1: no no he just had a hunch like
0: yeah spooky and so this is a bit of a silly because I know it made headlines for all the wrong reasons right yeah and this is the thing that I was like before was like I want to talk about that she's like it's not about that (laughs) so so explain to you what it's not about and then what it is about
1: (laughs) (laughs) well we we found it and we were like thinking about what the hell is this and um there's a number of different um so that so well we were part of a bigger project that spanned chimpanzees range in western Africa so everybody started looking for it and we found it in a couple of different regions, right? And um, one theory is that what they're doing is they're communicating long distance. So chimps will often drum on the roots of these like large buttress trees and they'll drum like in a Morse code, which is crazy. It's crazy that people don't know about this, and they'll actually communicate from long distance with this drumming, and then they'll end up meeting like in a spot at a time. Like they're actually, it no seems like, way. yeah. And this was published like in the nineties. Um, now it's not definite, but like that's what, there's it drumming and then be. there's, yeah. So, um, so it could be, there aren't many trees in this region with large roots. Okay. so maybe they're using the stone to like travel further to you know oh, to communicate yeah, long nice. distance um
0: i loved your patois by the way patois
1: no oh pantu, pantu.
0: pantu. 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 Not Sorry, that's an amazing thing i didn't i didn't even know it was called a pantu that was a, a beautiful pantu you
2: Did, should give it a go like it's it sounds maybe crazy, at the but, end you can yeah. give us like a little lesson on how to, <laughs> to do it
0: maybe that would be good
2: <laughs> for an outtake it's yeah. satisfying to do
1: i believe it um so it could be it could be communication or it could be like landmarking the kind of border because chimps are territorial so it might be like they have these marks the interesting thing is that the stones would pile up at the base of the tree so it's like one of the first records of archaeological evidence outside of humans and so and the, archeolo- the archaeological record of it looks quite like human sacred sites Okay. so what i wrote because i wanted to write like a blog on the discovery since i was there and give credit to the guy that really discovered it who wasn't even included as a co-author on the paper or who's like you know completely kind of left out of the whole scientific process so i thought it'd be nice to just give the story behind the discovery and then i wrote kind of like sarcastically really like jokingly you know but that doesn't come through in text obviously i wrote something like maybe I, I wrote all those explanations and then i wrote or you know maybe this is the first sign of spirituality in the wild like oops <laughs> and i should have known
0: what would we'll get picked up
1: like like yeah and it just went crazy like front page daily mail like do chimps have religion this crazy scientist thinks so <laughs> like and then quoting that one line from the like they never contacted me they were like most scientists would be really careful about making such claim but not laura kyo and, and i'm like doing my phd at this point having a heart attack because like i want to get a job and now i look like a lunatic oh, no. and that but but it was really annoying too because it's also like we do constantly underestimate other species. like yeah. we constantly And undermine the
0: intelligence, the potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so it was like, on the one hand, no, I don't think this. But on the other hand, chimps have been seen like swaying in front of waterfalls, doing this funny, like, n- it looks like awe of nature thing, or in front of big thunderstorms. And Jane Goodall has talked about oh. these observations. And so I just think there's so much more going on in other species than we can ever access mm. and and we kind of science cut all that out because it was like well if you can't measure it if you can't then you're just a highfalutin you know it's like it's a theory, but that's we made things sort of thing really or... cold and clinical unnecessarily, I think, because the world is amazing and mysterious and science should be able to go in that direction. But we're also paranoid about appearing like mad hippies, as I <laughs> yeah, but There
0: you go. Yeah. But I still have a job. Whatever. <laughs> you can um, be like Laura.
1: <laughs> but it was really hmm. so it was like this really difficult um, juxtaposition of like, no, I don't think this. But we can't rule it out either. Yeah. Like, it's very unlikely. But who knows what it is? We don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, and like I did a podcast with a guy um, I can't remember his name now but it was like for NPR for different radio stations oh
0: Jad Abenrod or that guy or no. one, of, one of that gang but the NPR gang anyway
1: I think it's played on NPR but I think oh. he sells to like 300 radio stations oh, wow. it was a really he was a really big guy and the podcast was like with Franz Duval. He's like a brilliant um animal behaviourist like one of my heroes. Oh wow. I think Jane Goodall was like clips of previous interviews with her was in it. Barbara King, another brilliant woman who I love her work, and then he interviewed me and he was putting it all together for this piece. So I was like, okay, like gonna clear my name. Okay. And then he edited it in a way that just made me kinda look like a lunatic Not again. again. I was like, what? yeah, I just dug deeper
0: it's <laughs> hilarious you're like i can't possibly seem insane because all these other people are just going to put a beautiful context yeah. and no he just drops no, it it
1: was like beautiful context beautiful context here's this renegade lunatic oh dear
0: that's funny so
1: it never really um got resolved like i did a story collider do you know the story collider um they do these like stories from scientists okay and so i did a story collider like podcast on it where i could like tell the story (laughs) like from
2: my own words yeah (laughs) but like and even that was taken out of context
1: (laughs) it's just so funny though because even today like yeah if you google me i think that's still i don't know i think that's the number one one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) so since then (laughs) you've been like getting down to brass tacks and more like what you like is more relevant to like planetary survival stuff and, and less behavioral stuff or like how, how did where did you um, go from there
1: yeah that put me off the
0: <laughs> Understandably. well i mean that
1: whole project wasn't even about behavioral stuff it was actually just about mapping out chimp territory and figuring out where because there's a big mining company where could they mine that wouldn't like mess up the chimps habitat so much and how could we plan it in a way that would be least damaging okay um so that was actually what that project was about Uh,
0: and was the mining company working with you out of interest or were they like
1: yeah so they were um yeah it was a collaboration between them and the wild chimpanzee foundation and the max planck institute um in europe so it was like a kind of a mishmash of a lot of different things it's really interesting working with miners because like i think as environmentalists we have this real like
0: oh those versus them those filthy miners it's
1: like well we're all buying the stuff so Mm. Although since Guinea I haven't bought new electronics because I've seen the bauxite mines and it's like, no, they're second-hand. Second-hand is just fine. Okay. Um, yeah, like, a th- so Guinea is really, really resource-rich, even though it's incredibly poor. Um, is it The world profits to a things? lot okay. pro- from Guinea bauxite to make aluminium. Oh, bauxite. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, yeah. okay. all right. Um, I think there was other mining around too, but the main mining in the area that we were was bauxite and it just looks like mars like really? they just level it yes i still even get flashbacks like if i see tinfoil it's, really? like, it's terrible Jesus, yeah, that was yeah it's really that's violent yeah we all it be is violent to it,
0: though, so, yes. yeah exactly yeah yeah. Mm. yeah is there a version of it's something i wondered about recently is anybody looking to build like a sustainable mobile phone or like is there like is it possible even to do that do you didn't
1: think? people try and then they had to shut down oh, god
0: that's I prob- think, probably the truth but like yeah
1: yeah uh, but like the thing is we have so many like there's so many second phones they mm-hmm. all work fine yeah 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 yeah. like there's even websites that sell them that like guarantee them for a certain amount of time so like i just think we have so many how many phones exist now there's probably seven billion i'm sure there's more than the amount of people yeah. probably yeah at this stage. so it's like yeah. the whole sustainable phone thing the whole just new stuff i just don't yeah. think new stuff just
0: upcycle, recycle. Particularly yeah, needed yeah. anymore. Recondition like, stuff. yes, Yeah. Working in that direction.
1: But I don't. I also don't want to give the impression that like we all need to be out looking for secondhand phones and that will solve it. Because we actually like it needs to be solved at a far higher level than individual mm. consumer choices. But we still need everything at the same time. I just don't want to like give the impression that it's just an obsession with like my own individual Consumism. choice. Like yeah, 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 yeah. I spend most of my time thinking about system level change and how governments could do better or how the European Union could do better. and So that's like my research. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: it's tough not to overemphasize so, yeah. one or the other though, isn't it? You end up coming off kind of on one branch or the other off.
1: I know, and then everyone keeps fighting about like, yeah, because they.
0: they made us make it. You made us want it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. And there's this really big thing about like shaming people Mm. and people are so stressed out and they're just like trying to pay bills and have a decent life and they're trapped in a system that pushes us in that direction it's a lot to ask to try and like make it put it on their shoulders yeah like it shouldn't be it's like i just think we need a revolution basically like we need a really big shift in how we actually see our part in the world, and if mm. we don't have that, then the destruction will just barrel on mm. out of control. And how like, do you
0: stimulate that type of like revolution, as you're saying, like that type of like mass sea change? Do you think I know you like nobody has the actual answer answer here, <laughs> but like you know how does that happen? <laughs> but you know at a level that doesn't like you're saying just become a very confronting things that makes people kind of shut down because like, oh, it's just too much to Mm. take when they're trying to deal with just the the crises of their daily lives and and trying to make the best life they can for themselves, their family, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it needs to come organically in a way. I'm not sure it can be. um,
0: Driven from outside sort of thing.
1: I'm not sure like anything I can say right now
0: can help well we better (laughs) (laughs)
2: stop no but like
1: i just think that um i think it needs to come from people's own discomfort with how things are and i think i do think it's a shame that we've put things in boxes like these are the environmental issues these are the social issues Mm -hmm. these are the because it's the same colonialism exploitation model that's causing all this havoc, like that's causing all this awful uh, inequality that's Driving the whole thing like we have this. I hate the idea that it's humans Inherently being an issue for the planet because humans are sound actually like the vast majority of people I know are sound even the miners were lovely, but it's like the system has been built and there's so much momentum in the system and we've created a system where psychopaths do better and therefore psychopaths kind of create the rules and so we're all in this false competition when we don't actually realize that collaboration that that like even this year it was so clear why would the economy collapse if we're all just like taking it easy and feeding ourselves mm. So the economy actually relies on doing stuff that damages the earth. Mm. Like what and why are we still all okay with that economy? Like yeah. I just think that we need to fundamentally sort of question how do we get here? How has this whole thing been set up and how do even our own minds kind of contribute to that because we've been raised in this mindset of sort of domination and control. Like even just the garden, like apologizing for the garden being a bit wild. I know. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not controlling (laughs) my garden to the extent that's now socially acceptable. It's so weird. Like we have this real kind of um, control thing. And I think if we just step back and had a think about the fact that we all only actually care about well-being, about having some, well, maybe we all don't, but like about a bit of free time a bit of leisure mm. and just like the 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 things that make our lives a little bit comfortable but mm. we're trapped in this system of like oh no 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 like bigger house bigger car more security mm. uh, i'm kind of rambling but no not at all it's such a it's such a kind of a i just hate it when it's like humans because it's not humans we have indigenous people in local communities that are doing amazing stuff and always have to not screw up the land they're living on it's only when a specific group of humans decided oh i'm gonna like treat the earth like a resource to exploit to the max oh yeah and i'm also going to treat those other people like the same resource to exploit Mm. and i'm going to create this system of bullshittery that just
2: builds on itself
1: and gains this momentum Mm. because obviously if you dominate and control you keep spreading out you keep dominating more and that's where we're at like it's a really good book, The Patterning Instinct by Jeremy Lent, and he talks about the kind of cultural history of humanity and how it kind of came about with this idea, this separation of humans and nature, um, and built from there of this sort of dominant controlling mindset that's so inbuilt in us. Like, um, it's, so like the first bit is kind of figuring out, okay, what do I really want? And then moving from there in a, a, yeah. Because I also think that, like, I kind of think fundamentally it's about trauma. Like, people are just traumatized. I mean, you can see it. Trump Mm. is traumatized. Like, Mm. And it's easy to hate these people. But fundamentally, I think it comes from a messed up life where they didn't get enough meaning or belonging or love or, you know, and 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 it and therefore they need to control and dominate just to feel a little bit safe mm-hmm. and then loads of people feel unsafe, feel fearful and they also go on this pause of like, ah, oh, have to I don't, that's kind of how I see it, but it's yeah, no, I think you're tricky to right. explain
2: but it's the same, I mean, it's the same as anything I think everything's become kind of boxed into these little things like we were talking about this the other day, it's like you're vegan, or you're an environmentalist, or you're a conservationist, or you're someone who doesn't care about that stuff, or you're into child welfare, or you're into you know, looking after women's rights, or you're looking into the divide between white and black. And there's no like, it's as if these are all just completely separate issues mm. that don't relate to each other in any way. And we're really good at going, well, this is my, I'm just gonna go on this issue here, without realizing like these are all the issue all of it the whole mm. thing is the whole issue and how we look ultimately at the world and at ourselves and how we relate to the world and the environment we are in that whole thing has to fundamentally change and that's the same with our food systems right like how yeah we're eating now how that is it's a little bit what you're doing as well policy around that kind of is it or looking at agriculture in general
1: Yeah, I mean, what I'm doing right now is um, looking at uh, trade policy um, and the European Union and how they're thinking about agreeing to a trade deal with Brazil and other uh, Latin American countries and how that would be absurd because Brazil is deforesting basically as much as they can and Bolsonaro is actively promoting that. Mm. So um, the the research now is kind of... showing how this trade deal would be a disaster how it doesn't have any of the mechanisms in place to actually protect local communities indigenous people the planet um and so just the absurdity of it and then giving mechanisms that have already been thought of like but kind of summarizing them in a framework that this is what could move things in a in a better direction because eu like the eu has a huge amount of power economically but they're not using it but they could like the mm. Bar- the Paris Agreement, we keep making these big global commitments and then just not meeting the just targets. them like, like two seconds later. Celebrating yeah. the commitments and then just carrying on. Mm. But trade could could provide that leverage point so that if countries aren't making genuine progress towards the Paris commitments, then no deal, no trade deal. Okay. And so it's like we need to like make a playing field where in order to be a successful business partner, you need to actually meet your commitments
0: yeah accountability basically yeah
1: yeah Yeah. and because there's so much money tied up in trade it might be a way but it's kind of naive too because it's like well everything's still all about economic growth so how realistic is this Mm. at the same time though we have like social movements and a lot of pressure on european politicians and so it's like it's possible but will it happen and Um, is
0: is the initiative so when you say bolsonaro's like you know not even ignorant to it but like actively looking to it seems destroy the habitats that are they're like the foundation of their country's culture or whatever in the eu is there a more humane approach to that like are you are you hearing voices within those you know in those rooms where those deals are being hammered out where people are actually looking to put those checks in places in place or is is it people having to shout at them like yourself to to make sure that's not happening Like. You know, does it Mm. seem any, like, inherent will to do that, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a mix. Like, last year, I published a letter um, with 600 scientists and the support of organizations in Brazil that represent 300 indigenous groups. And so because that was, like, European scientists, indigenous groups coming together to call on the EU, um, that got some press coverage. And then that got me a meeting with the European Trade Commissioner at the time. And that was a really interesting meeting because it was, like, trying to feel out like yeah you know are you smiling and nodding like do you like where where are your real priorities and just trying to like speak to without being patronizing like what do you like what are you actually going to care about Mm. what's your legacy going to be like because it was her last term and it's like you could really shift this you could be like but she's a pioneer yeah. in, and then a month later they just agree to the trade deal without any clear mechanisms whatsoever. so it's like but also like did you know maybe she did try maybe maybe, tried, maybe, yeah. maybe it's just the system is so there's so much pressure on on economy at all costs that mm. it's still really hard to do and yeah. um, so it's a good question. I'd say it's mixed like there's definitely people at the European Commission pushing for this yeah are there any heroes or any names any good people aren't enough of them um anna Cavazzini is an m.e.p with the green party and she's brilliant she's done really good work um sonia guajajara is an indigenous leader in brazil and she's just amazing the stuff she's calling for and what she's doing um so yeah there are there are a lot of really good people working on this Mm. um but it's just when will it be enough right like when will that be the better option clearly Yeah. Like to me, it's already how does it have to very. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, this is the thing yeah. like, how many times do we have to be smacked on the head with, like, I mean, I learned about climate change when I was in school, like at 16, and I just remember it being really, really shocking and just like, why isn't everyone panicking about this? It was quite funny because um, I thought thunder started going off as the teacher was like. <laughs> But it was just something bringing out a really big rolly bin. But like, I was like, ah!
0: It was the full pathetic fallacy in the background. Yeah. And then God spoke unto them.
1: Imagine if they time it that way. I know,
0: yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Smart. I mean, like, that is the way street climate change right now. Teach it
1: even. But like...
0: <laughs> That's brilliant.
1: But it's like, we've known since the kind of the 70s. Definitely known since the 80s.
0: The Rachel Carson situation, et cetera, yeah. It's Onwards like, like 60s, 70s, is mad.
1: And obviously indigenous people have always known. <laughs> I'm just talking about As the their really home began to shrink. slow and shrink white and people. Shrink. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, how much how much do we need to like suffer before we get it? That's yeah. it's really like, come on. How
0: close to home does the suffering have to get, yeah. really, isn't it?
1: And to I keep, us. yeah. yeah. And, like, people keep thinking, like, oh, it'll happen when it really hits us. But then look at the U.S. Like, one side of their country is on fire. The other side is flooded. It's underwater, I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's perverse, isn't it? I mean, when you say that, it sounds insane. Like, it just doesn't sound like that. Like, how how could you not be alive to the concerns at that point?
2: I think what happens is, though, these things happen. These really alarming events happen. And people do start to panic and they do start to go gosh well actually maybe this is the thing that you know Mm. that we've been talking about it's it's right here but there's always enough voices loud voices that come Mm. through and say no actually you know the polar ice caps aren't actually melting that badly and actually it's going to take years and years and so it's fine and because people don't want to be terrified they latch onto that well well i but that one person said that and then they go oh (laughs) Mm.
0: yeah panic over it's too easy to do like you almost have to say like okay we're going to shut petrol stations for a week and let's just see how people do yeah. you know and then kind of give them an idea okay well how would things work if like you were saying when like the economy was like necessarily shut down for three months and there were, people were like the economy is tanking we're like but actually but people kind of had enough of their stuff they just weren't buying fresh More, new tvs or yeah. whatever it was like and like maybe that's that's been very glib because i know there's that there was a lot of actual proper trauma going on in people's lives during that yeah but it seems like we yeah i don't i, I just i can't in my head because in our daily life in the shop I run it's like most of the people are coming into us really get this thing and everyone's quite panicky about it everyone really wants to make change people are you know bringing things to refill and and have been doing for like 20 and 25 years yeah and that's what kind of what you're saying as well it's been around for so long this idea Mm. like the mass change is just very tricky to understand like it obviously like you say it has to come from governmental level because obviously all these individuals making their own life choices we still need to do it. But it's not actually the thing that's going to flip the switch ultimately. Yeah. Or it doesn't feel like it. It needs yeah. to be
2: like a pincer effect. But we saw how like, it was possible when when lockdown happened and all these changes had to be made that we would have thought were impossible last year. Work from home, you mm. know, grow more food, all these different things that you were like, well, people would never accept that. Mm. People do accept it because there's enough fear about this illness that we could die. But we can also die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If the environment is destroyed. Well, it's not a like, do you die? Maybe hmm. you don't and you do. This is a like, no, everyone will die yeah, situation. Yeah. So, like, how do we.
0: Everyone will die. Did you say that? i like, well, I guess that's, that's the reality of it. That's I, the, I, the, mean,
2: I mean, we're going like to die, die anyway. Yeah. Everyone's going to die. Everyone will die. Unless we, we figure fact. out
1: cryogenics right at the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Right before the. Just in the nick of time.
2: Phew. Yeah, we weren't immortal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lydia said, everyone will die. How dare you? It's going to be the say, headline. She's scientifically accurate. Yeah, 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 exactly. Thanks,
0: yeah. Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken from the lady who said like, chimps are like, I don't know. god.
2: <laughs> Rain it <laughs> back. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So, but, so what then, right? We are capable, If if the government makes decisions that seem radically huge and change our way of life massively, we actually all just adapt. Like yeah. we did it, mm. we are doing it this year. Yeah. So what needs to happen? What are the, what I do, like, I think that, um, I think that that's why I'm stuck on the social
1: movement. Cause if you, I mean, if you look at big changes over history, it's, it's big civil unrest, social movements that will often shift things mm. quite fundamentally. Mm. So that's a really big one. I think being involved in whatever movements you agree with, being active with those and building them, um, I think is really important. That's one bit. And social movements that aren't about telling people to recycle more, like ones that are really focused at the system level. Um, I think that's one really big part of it. I think the other thing is like, we're so used to kind of trying to strategize with our rational prefrontal cortexes. And I think that strategizing mind is also sort of in a weird way part of the problem because it's like the thing that's trying to control and 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 break things apart and move from like the logical mind instead of the heart like because at the end of the day it's sort of about love like it's about love for the planet love for each other love for like whatever this mad thing is that's life like it's it's because all those movements that you mentioned before and um, you know, women's rights, Black Lives Matter, all the different movements. Like, it's again, it's about supporting each other. It's about mm. coming together. It's about not being in competition. Mm. It's about things like equality. So I just think that it doesn't mean that everybody needs to be, like, for everything. I think it's fine that people are still doing, like, working on the things that they're most passionate about, that they most link to. Because at the end of the day, that's that's what we need to build. Like, that, those linkages, the community... Like the thing that scares me a lot is this kind of slide towards authoritarianism. And that's and that's it's like the slide further down the control domination path. And so anything that gets us more towards community, collaboration, sharing, soundness <laughs> like, general good. soundness. don't be a prick. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. No, but so like simple. I just think that um we kind of saw that with COVID too, like all the support was from communities. It was like from the connections that we had or the connections that we built. And so the kind of framing that like, oh, the government, the government aren't actually going to just magically stand up and do something like they need to be pushed or they need to be dismantled. Mm. And I think that actually anyway, elected government, I'm not sure I really am a fan of anymore. Like, mm it's just so prone to corruption, so prone, like we see, like study after study, when you get into power, you might just misuse that power. (laughs) Like, I went to collect, I used to do woodwork, and um, I went to collect a table that I made like from my secondary school, and the teacher, and I was like 22 or whatever, you know, and the teacher was off getting it, and um, he told me to just look after the class while he was gone, and they were doing an exam, and the power like it immediately <laughs> that, that, went to my head and like i could see two people cheating and like i used to cheat in test in school like what's on the other side of the fence i should have respected i should have laughed but <laughs> instead i was like you know i can see you like i turned <laughs> into like <laughs> really the worst t- teacher
0: you can hear your own voice you're like i hate myself doing this uh,
1: yeah, yeah not yeah. during though during yeah, i was okay. like this Feeling is right. okay, yeah. Yeah. like later that day i was like what i just did that <laughs> What was that
0: like
1: and I just think that like we're prone to that Mm. so I really think that maybe governments should be decided by things like citizens assemblies by kind of like jury duty like random selection of of the population and then you get representation by definition Mm -hmm. and it's random so you don't get power hungry people all the time and it's not prone to corruption because you have a higher changeover. And you do, you know, you can have scientists and experts available for advice, like independent scientists and stuff, so there's less of sort of corporate involvement. But how do we get there? So I think like going more towards um, putting the responsibility on citizens' assemblies is a really good step. So I think politicians also don't want to, some of them do want to take strong action, but they're a bit scared because then it's all on them if what happens doesn't work out. So it's a good excuse for them, too, to kind of say, okay, we're going to set up a citizen's assembly and then we're going to go with what the people actually want. So I think that's like a really good thing to push for and a really good um, thing that Extinction Rebellion has, has kind of been championing in fairness to them. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways. I also think it's really unpredictable, like Greta Thunberg, she... Like, genuinely, did not expect anything to come out of her sitting outside with a sign on a Mm -hmm. Friday. She, you know, but she just felt like she had to. And I think people being a bit more bold, doing stuff that they feel like they have to, instead of going along with what they've always done, is like one of the best things. So I don't know what that would be, but like, I do get the feeling that it'll be some kind of spark of somebody doing something a little bit mad and then it like building people realizing like yeah and it growing exponentially from that because i think so many people are unhappy in their lives like there's so much loneliness depression anxiety and it's again it's all a symptom of the same we've just set up this terrible system Mm -hmm. that wants to exploit rather than support like so yeah
2: Yeah.
0: cool that is that's actually much more of a toolkit than I expected to be having. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I was like, when I asked you that question like twenty minutes ago, it's, what do we do? You've actually kind of answered the question. Wow, but like genuinely, like in a, in a like a you know step by step way, citizens assemblies, yeah. more direct democracy, essentially, you like not trying to put all the onus on on politicians to make all the changes because they can't or they won't or whatever, mm. uh, and then putting the self checks in place for for uh, for industry as well. Yeah,
1: and I think like I think we also have to not get bogged down on what we're against Mm. I think that idea and I've done this a lot myself but actually rather than that really pushing towards what we want Mm. and creating a better vision because like I really feel that so many people just have this really dark outlook on what's to come and I can also have that but like if we all agree that things are going to get terrible then they are yeah Yeah, so like we need to kind of Last year, um, I I had this dream, right? Where I was at a climate strike, um, and there was this character in the distance, and I went closer, I was like, what's that? And it was a guy in a green Santa suit, and the climate strikers were talking to this new, like, green Santa about what they wanted for the planet for Christmas. <laughs> and it made, like, global news. That's like, good. there was this whole new character, and it was amazing to hear what kids actually wanted to see rather than what they just wanted to stop. So it was a whole new Ooh. way to cover it. And I woke up, I was like, oh, that's actually a really good idea. It's a really good idea. So, yeah, we set up like a green yeah. Santa's grotto on uh, yeah, Street I Street last... Yeah,
2: I was like, but I, but I heard about this. <laughs> <laughs> this happened. I was like, her dream came true.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was okay. like, oh, I'm so tired, but we have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so me and some friends, thank God for them. Like, I wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Uh, set up this grotto and, um, and we were going to get loads of press coverage. But then that woman that was in ISIS flew back on the morning of the Green Santa's grotto. Ah, And all the photographers that we had booked went out to photograph her covered in a blanket getting off the plane. Like a nothing. Yeah. Green Santa, guys, come on. I know. Damn, damn. So so this year I'm like thinking about, because I do think that's a really good idea for getting- It's a lovely idea. For like changing this sort of-
0: Yeah.
2: But it's also like we're much, we're much more likely to feel great about ourselves if we're going towards something that we really believe in. Yeah. And then we're also much more likely to stay committed to that thing and continue to buy into it if we're feeling good about it. Yeah. If it's motivated from fear, like fear is a great motivational factor it makes us do a thing, but we feel really crap about it <laughs> and about ourselves and then ultimately yeah. that's a bad self-fulfilling prof- yeah. prophecy. So if we can like actualize and manifest this thing of like well what is it that we really want and what is this future that we see? Yeah. Why does it have to be worse than the one that we're in now? Why can we go well what are the things we want to change and how does that actually look like
1: yeah Mm. and i and it's funny because i don't think people even really think about it like Mm. even take the time to actually imagine that and and see what it would be like and it's really interesting like because the science is terrifying and it's terrifying to see that yes we keep going in this direction even though we have all these warning signs but then you see, like, social tipping points can be really sudden and mm. really unpredictable. Um, like, I've been working in this stuff for 15 years, and it's just like banging your head against the wall. But then the past few years, there's actually, seems like, real shifts in in people mm. getting mm. active on it and really genuinely making efforts on it. So, and that couldn't have been predicted. Like, everything always seems obvious when it happens, mm. but before it had, like... I mean, the I phenomenon with Greta Thunberg—it's amazing. It really was unexpected. Yeah. Um, so, still, it's like it's still open. It's still yeah. a wide open game, you know. Um,
2: yeah. yeah, and I think that yeah. hope is such a—that—that that is such an important thing, isn't it? That hope, because I think a lot of people are just going we've heard all the statistics we've we've heard that we've only got you know 20 minutes before the whole world dies and then oh well we're not doing it in 20 minutes so okay we won't do anything then let's just carry on as we as are we and hope as we pass more that, deadlines like yeah, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. just hope that everything's fine and yeah. la 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 whereas if you get told you know if that's pointed out to you we're like well actually massive change can happen really instantaneously okay okay so there's hope so now what now yeah. how do we move towards that and just like you said it's coming from that place of love as opposed to that place of fear or hate or negation basically mm. yeah and it's
0: like your dream it's like it's creativity imagination it's those like those thoughts that come out of nowhere those are the things that we have to like make space for them to come mm. through and like in that yeah. kind of fear-based mindset that just doesn't kind of happen yeah. Yeah. it's like when you're brainstorming you're not thinking about what well, if we don't make this new idea we'll go bankrupt you're like no <laughs> that's, not, that's not the thing you just mm-hmm. like sit there and like blue sky thing and let it sort of start mm. to I don't know, come up and like do it with people, make it community-based because brainstorming on your own is no fun.
1: Absolutely, Mm. yeah, yeah. Like the other idea that I had that I'm happy about came from completely from just procrastinating and just chatting with a friend and then realizing like, ah, we were looking at all the trees that we've lost globally and we've lost half of all trees we used to have before we like invented the axe. Wow. And I was just thinking like, Christ, like how many trees is that? And then divided it by how many people. And it's like, well, it's only 400 trees per person. So set up this thing, 400trees.org. We have Christmas gift certificates. Great. <laughs> and, um, it's only.
0: We more plugs actually, like that. It's kind of cloudy now. Yeah, I can stop yeah. being a no distant bastard. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and planted like 150,000 trees so far. And they're wow. in um, agroecological they are for restoring degraded farmland in sub-saharan africa so it's really good because it's like the people that are being screwed over by climate change are actually getting some ways to be able to farm when great as climate change is getting worse for them so they're trees that won't be cut down you know for because they're actually providing for people as well wow um yeah and hopefully taking pressure off the natural areas because people can live off their own land again. That's exciting. Um, That's amazing. It's only 50 quid for 400 trees. Like it's mad. What? Um,
0: Christmas is sorted.
1: Because the farmers are planting them um, with trainers. So it's just a really low cost program. It's literally just there's loads of volunteers involved as well. And um, the, and then the trees are looked after like for free because they're on the farmer's farm. So it's just the cost of the of the actual saplings.
2: That's amazing
1: that is amazing yeah I know we,
2: we have to do something with wondering about trying to get people involved in that. some amount of people
0: without a doubt 400 yeah.
2: people to plant 400 trees yeah each.
0: amazing and because it's, it's I mean it's very doable here as well because we have we have so much you know agroforestry stuff is potential actually a yeah. very exciting thing happened I'm sure you knew about last year that quelcha said that they weren't going to grow any more Sitka spruce that they're now only going to grow like plant indigenous trees so those things like that's yeah. bit, when I heard about that I heard it from a friend while I was cycling in Wicklow with him. And I was like, sorry, how do I not know this? And I told, like, everybody I know. And nobody would even heard that it had happened as yeah, a thing. Yeah. Do You know, it's kind of those yeah. those things that are actually happening out yeah. there that, you know, yeah. huge interests that we don't assume have any care for the planet. Well, I know Quilt, are supposed to have care for the planet, but traditionally have <laughs> have done some not great things, let's say. Yeah. But, it, but it's interesting. But you see shifts like that. And you're like, oh, my God, I mean, that's profound. Mm. And that's going to change the future for, like, grandchildren. We were thinking about it while we were driving up there. Like, imagine when you're... In Wicklow, in 80 years' time, when we're gone, that will look like native woodland again. Like, yeah, fully. Yeah. That's a re- really lovely, positive thought. Like, no yeah. matter where, where the, the thought, I suppose, is to be doing stuff for, not for us necessarily anymore, but be thinking of
1: as the generations
0: collective. as a collective. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 We're really bad at thinking far in the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are we though? But, yeah. I know. It's but, shocking. like, I also, I mean, I also sometimes think, like, why, like, why am I in this? Why do I. Like why do I care? And I just I think that it's it's just it's what like makes me happy as well. Like it mm. makes me
2: depressed.
1: Yeah. But Ooh. it makes me happy yeah. too. Like it makes me happy to know that hopefully
2: yeah.
1: something will come of it. Yeah. Like it's 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 I just think it's actually probably the most important time to be alive, mm. really. Like mm. we're at this real crossroads, we're at this actual tipping point and we all can play a part in that and so it's just far more satisfying to me to be involved in this stuff because you like i get so much from it too because it's like
2: yeah it's exciting to know that you have the chance to play a part in actual change
1: and maybe like i fail miserably but sure it's worth a
0: shot like and you were living a purpose at the time you know and that purpose thing is what everybody knows these days that that's the thing that makes people live longer and all those crazy places in the blue zones as well it's like all about the icky guy and making sure you kind of like attach to something and then just run with it
1: the icky icky guy i don't know that's the
0: you know the blue zones thing the so it's the this the study of these kind of Areas in the world, I talk about it all the time, people are going to have heard this a million times, sorry. but like, it's, sorry, anyway, you can switch off now and switch on again in a second. <laughs> um, but, um, so the, like, seven places in the world where people are living the longest, so the most oh, okay. centenarians living there, so there's like, um, there's a place in Mexico, there's a place in California, there's a, one of the Greek islands, there's yeah, um, yeah. northern Hokkaido in Japan, and so they've looked at what the reasons are that they think they might be living so long, and they've looked at, you know, their diet and their lifestyles and all stuff, but actually yeah. they found the top of the tree thing, was purpose ikigai, yeah. which they call in in Japanese, they call it ikigai. So, oh, and then yeah.
1: community.
0: Okay. Community was the next one. Yeah, exactly. And and nutrition's with, way and down. This is
1: kind of yeah, like you get both. You get community yeah. and you get purpose. Yeah, so. exactly. Handy. There you go. <laughs> there
2: we go. That's all you need.
1: <laughs> but I. But yeah. it is. It is hard though because it is like there's a lot of burnout as well Yeah, and
0: and when you feel that attached to something you're like we have to do something it can be a really heavy thing to actually have to live with to carry that the Mm -hmm. whole time eh? Yeah,
1: and it's never enough you never think like grand I've done it
0: now (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: like you have to kind of like take time for yourself take time to chill out take time to kind of but that's also I think it
2: comes back to that feeling of like will I have personal responsibility to do like to feel that weight on me Whereas the more we put that back out into like a com- community based thing then you're not holding all that on your own. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, it, you know, we need to get away from that individual yeah. responsibility. don't
1: Absolutely. We? Yeah. Responsibility, it's a really good action, point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. So let's all plant 400 trees. Let's do <laughs> it. And
0: we'll give a plug for that as well. We'll put that into show notes yeah. big time. That's great. That's fantastic initiative. Cool. All
2: right. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank great. you. It was lovely to
1: finally do this. Yes, Thanks I know. Thanks for having yeah. me. Sure if off, people want
2: you. to find out more about your work, do you have like a website or a um, social media thingy?
1: Yeah, I'm Laura J. K-O-K-E-H-O-E on Twitter, and I think on my Twitter there's links to 400 Trees and my website and stuff like that, Brilliant. so maybe that's easiest. That's perfect, Great. and we'll link
2: that in the show notes as well. Nice. Okay, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you for thank watching you.
1: and please do
0: help to keep this thing going if you can, keep the show on the road. If you've watched this far, you hopefully want more of it. Um, like subscribe comment underneath um please also visit our sponsors as well um and give us reviews as well and if you can on iTunes or whatever you're listening to this or watching it um but yeah our sponsors so clear light saunas um that fantastic infrared sauna thing which is one of the best things you can do for your health and your family's health um newsest nutrition who make that fantastic pea protein that we all take we all love and again if you want to support your family's health getting good quality undenatured vegan conscientiously grown protein into your diet is a really important thing Uh, and also the swivel that this um little podcast is filmed on and recorded on which allows us to take it anywhere into the wilds of my back garden in this case Um, but yeah so please help support and um thanks for watching
2: thank you everyone bye thank you